0: What's up, y'all? She from Legacy Hustle here. I have a little request of you. If you truly appreciate what we're trying to do here and you enjoy the show, the sharing, the transparency, and the insights, as well as the inspiration we bring you with each and every episode, I need you to help us out as well by supporting. Go ahead and subscribe, like, comment, follow, and review as we work to get the word out to more people about the show. Also, please consider sharing the show with your entire network. Thank you. Enjoy the show. This is Legacy Hustle, a show that highlights and amplifies everyday people from the black diaspora and their product or service that will either impact the generations that precede them, the generations that will follow them, or a specific targeted community. We use the word legacy and duality, describing not only the solution that's been created, but to also highlight the personal impact on our guests' own personal circles in terms of wealth generation and creation. The show will explore what their business is, how they got it off the ground, and the trials and tribulations they experience on their journey to legacy hustle. This is done in an effort to both inspire and educate you, our listeners, and hopefully motivate you as well. I'm Sheed, I'll be your host, and in this episode we'll be talking to members of Definition Theatre, Tyrone Phillips and DeJohn Smith. Tyrone is the founding artistic director of Chicago Definition Theatre, named one of New City's players, the 50 leaders of Chicago's Theatre, Dance, Opera and Comedy Culture of 2022. He's a graduate of the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and studied abroad at Shakespeare's Globe. As a first generation Jamaican-American, with Indian, massive stand-up, Tyrone is passionate about equity and inclusion in the fine arts and has completed advanced anti-racism training to lead change in our community. Select theater credits on and off stage include Definition Theater, Chicago Shakespeare, Goodman, Steppenwolf, Writers. Old Globe, Berkeley Rep, Milwaukee Rep, and Stage Forty Two off Broadway. Tyrone's currently adjunct faculty at DePaul University and the University of Illinois Chicago, while also serving on the board of directors for the League of Chicago Theaters. He's also a proud member of the NAACP, SAG-AFTRA, SDC, and represented by Grossman and Jack Talent. The John another member of the West Indian massive is a director of development for definition. In addition, he serves as the global program manager for the Accenture's black founders development program, which is how John and I first got connected led by Accenture's ventures. The new initiative will help improve black community's ability to create wealth for those who previously did not have a seat at the table and enable the next generation of innovation. Dijon has traveled, worked, and studied in 50 countries and is passionate about connecting technology, culture, and education within those communities. Without further ado, let's get to it. All right, Tyrone, Dijon, thank you so much for your time, energy today. I'm just going to dive right in here. Definition Theater. Talk to us about the genesis. Where did it come from? How did it start?
1: Yeah, Definition Theater is a multicultural ensemble of artists who are basically wanting to make sure that the path is clear for other new generations of artists to realize that they can be in the arts as well. Um, we're a Black led organization. It's kind of started off as an act of rebellion, if you will. Um, we were uh, seniors at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, and we all were actors and studying to be actors. Um, it's a classically training program. So we, you know, we could do contemporary stuff, we could sing, we could dance, but we also could do Shakespeare and the classics, And right? We usually don't get that well-rounded education as artists. So we felt like we got to our senior year and there was no opportunity for us to show what we've actually learned. There was no thesis project, if you will, that was already in the program that we were in the season of plays that we were doing that final year. We were like a little let down. So yeah. um, that was the impetus. So we, that's when a, two, a couple of actors, me and my, my best friend at the time, Julian Parker, um, we, we were like, all right, how do we create our own stuff? We, there's a play that we wanted to do, The Brother Size by Terrell Alvin McCraney, who's an Academy Award winner now. But This was back in 2012. And so we were like, how do we do this? How do we as actors produce? And that's really where we learned what it takes to actually put on a theatrical production. Um, And all the positions backstage, all the role that it takes to actually put this up, the audience only experiences the actor, right? And the story, They don't see the team behind it. And so quickly we realized that we were allowed to be on stage, but we weren't backstage. And so our mission quickly then began to form.
0: All right. And then when you talk about it being an act of rebellion, Against what? Against who? Right. <laughs> so you, you talked about these um, different shows and opportunities that were out there that um, could portray our stories. Was someone telling you, no, you couldn't do it? What was going on at that time? Yeah. Well, you happened? know,
1: <laughs> usually in order to do that, you need a lot of resources to make something like that happen. Right. So we're basically saying we can do what y'all do. <laughs> right. Where's the students mm-hmm. right? to pass the teacher and be like, oh, we get it. But you're not telling the stories that we care about. And so one, the challenge of just getting a team together, right? We had to learn what it means to pitch a play, to even speak about a story and say, why is it worth telling? Why are we focusing our energy on this? And so we had to find a, a scenic designer, a lighting designer, right? All of the things. And so that we looked to our colleagues that were in the school, but also we wanted to work with the best of the best too, right? So you had to work with schedules, calendars, and our director for it was a big opera director actually. And so she was also taken by pleasant surprise that we asked her to direct this piece. But we were like, look, it's poetry. Um, It's it's a Yoruba gods on stage speaking to each other. And we love your work that you do with operas. It's like an aria sometimes, these monologues. So come do this for us, right? Use your skill set for what we want to do. And so that was the magic that happened that truly we said we did the show in U of I um, in April, graduated in May, and then we opened Definition Theater in June of 2012.
0: Oh, wow. So no time wasted. Zero time. (laughs) (laughs) time. So you look at that, right? Like as soon as you graduated, it was up and running. How did you keep it going? So you had that vision for the first show, you executed it. And then how did you maintain momentum after that? Because I know y'all are also doing, you know, personal stuff as well in terms of nine to fives and everything else. So talk a little bit about that.
1: That's right. I've always say like it's like having two babies, right? Because when we were graduating as artists, you have your personal career, which you spoke really perfectly about. How am I, the actor, gonna make it? I got to audition. I got to right be running left and right. I got to work a second job so I can be free to audition, like all the things. But then we had this company, which again, why I think is important is that it was an ensemble. It was a group of people who had a shared vision saw the same problem in our city in our nation and was like all right we want to tackle that and how do we make that you know real movement against that and so um i think that's that was the important part that there were other people i was of course as it being my baby i was like filling out our paperwork to become 501c3 a nonprofit, like a little bit at a time uh, every weekend right um while i was away as an actor doing an internship for nine months in, in wisconsin actually and so even then, we just continue to take our steps to become official. Um, we did our homework, which is why I always share to people, uh, you know, it, it's like, do you is your need something that actually exists, right? Do you, are you is this an is idea is fancy and, and wonderful for other people as it is for you? And we were like, oh yeah, we see this as a problem. And so for us knowing that we had to keep going, which is part of the job, like, all right, we have our individual careers, but when we're not, we're reading plays, we're having conversations and they feed into each other. Luckily they're in the same industry, right? Um, But this place definition gave us the opportunity to have and give opportunities versus trying to bang our heads at the white institution saying, value me. My story matters. I'm creative. I'm awesome. You didn't go through all of that, which a lot of people burn out before their careers even begin.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so one of the things that I'm really curious about, right, because you talk about this, this idea of continuing to build the different parts of it as you're going through the experience. And so you highlighted, you know, applying for 501C3B. But financially, where, where did you get the funding from? Yes, right, and yeah, and and I know Dijon, your role as sort of development, right? Like, just just help us appreciate, understand where the funding came from, and sort of how things have evolved to today, and and, and talk through some of that.
1: Yeah, I'd say crowdsourcing was the first thing, right? That we uh, that we did mostly Kickstarter was around. It's still around. <laughs> it's still around now, but it was it was very useful to us in uh, 2012. Where we were able to, like most businesses, it's your friends, it's family members, it's the people who know what you're about already, and so they believe in you, and so giving you money, giving you actual capital to make it come true, they believe that you're going to make it happen, right? And that's with anybody we even still talk to now, but in the beginning, it definitely was just like, who's around us and who actually supports us and vibes with us? But then quickly, friends, quickly, I would say we did two shows that way. We did t- our first two shows crowdfunding, but then friends, your, your friends and family get tired of being asked for money, right? <laughs> to be completely transparent. And again, we're people of color. We don't have money that we just give to the arts like that all the time. We don't, right. we do like, right. we should, but we don't. And so to, to you know, as a first generation Jamaican American, right. Telling my people, this is a need and a want, you got to do some work. <laughs> um, and so also you don't want to tax them, right? You, you want them to come in and be able to just enjoy the experience and not feel like, Man, if I didn't give him $5, that light bulb wouldn't be on. You don't want to tell that story (laughs) either. You know what I mean? It's it's the balance in that. Yeah. Um, But truly, after that, we moved on then to, you know, apply for grants. And then there's ticket sales. And right, you start to build the revenue and the ways that you're doing we have a pop-up shop. We can buy merchandise and gear, right? And so we found different ways to make money, but to say you know, we definitely had to stop relying on the friends and family. And that was a critical moment, a critical moment um, where the board of directors, that's something people don't talk about. Board of directors, as a 501c3, we have to have a board who is making sure that the the company is healthy financially and creatively. Um, And so really tapping into creating a good board, board development, that's something that we all can learn more about.
0: And so let's let's, uh, tap into that board of directors piece just a little bit. Talk about what it takes to form a board of directors for a 501C3B and, and why that's important and critical, right? You, you just yeah. slightly touched on it. Mm-hmm. Give, give our audience a little bit more on why that's something that they should really think through.
1: Yeah. So the board is, that's something that actually, as you're even filing your paperwork to become a 501 c 3 you have to have in place. It's something, so it was one of the first early on, Yeah, you, you know, questions about obstacles. That was one, right? Doing the application and then realizing, oh, snap, I, I don't have any of this, right? <laughs> They're telling you where your holes are in the planning for the organization. And so the board, I quickly learned, again, you know, I'm a artistic director. I shouldn't be stressing out about the money for the organization. That's just not my lane. And so the board does that, right? They're supposed to be stressing you out about how we're going to make sure that we continue not only just to fundraise dollars, but to reach bigger markets. Right. And that that sometimes are two in one. Um, and so with the board, their their main roles, right, that there is advocacy is saying this company exists and telling their friends and their circles and getting their people excited about it. Um, and then hopefully they also are tied to some corporations. So funding is coming through that way as well. Uh, but then they're also doing the everyday maintenance. They're meeting four times a year. Right. To, to boil it down, the board is meeting at least quarterly to make sure that the organization and look at what it's doing and and say, okay, are we healthy? What do we need to change? Is there a position we need to hire for? Like what is the threats and, and, you know, the weaknesses of the organization and how are we planning to attack that now? That's the board, right? So you need your team. You need your superheroes in that room with you. Um, You know, I'm a fan that you got to find people who are smarter than you, right? So as I advise people give all the time, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, but the board, I mean, from financial to just committees all right? there's a whole bunch of different sections in which they serve on committees to make sure that we're alive and well.
0: I love it. So you, you were really sharing and, and walking the audience through sort of the initial beginnings of it all, where it came from, how it started. Talk a little bit about where definition theater is today, right? When you first started, you know, you were putting on one show here, one show there. Yes. How has it grown? How has it expanded?
1: Yeah. So to say, yeah, we were an itinerant company, meaning, as you just said, we were hopping around Chicago, um, wherever there was space. We're trying to rent. Right. And and, and do productions. And so we've gone from doing one to two to now three. We do three shows a year. Um, And so that's already exciting, just expanding the amount of work and the amount of artists that we're working with. Um, And what's the most exciting, I'll say, is that we're in a capital campaign for our new home in Woodlawn. We are building a theater Community Center and Entrepreneur Incubator um, in Woodlawn. Uh, We're just uh, 6400 South Cottage Grove. That's where we'll be. Um, But we're super excited right now. We're in fundraising for that. And so that's the biggest push. Um, And to say during COVID, we were allowed to stay alive because we started also collaborating with filmmakers. And so with that comes a dormant part of the mission that I'm excited about because I always love TV and film and believe that theater should be using the film to get more butts in seats. Um, So I'm excited that we you know the the pandemic actually made that feasible and makes sense for the company. But really, it's about accessibility. I know that if I can give my brother on the corner a link to watch something, that's going to be easier for him to understand who we are and actually look at it versus coming to the theater like, you know, we're not crazy. Uh, Part of this exception. I sit in theaters all the time and see I'm the youngest and only person of color in the room. Right. It'll be 500 people. I'm like, How? How is this possible? So I know our people are like, we don't really know all of the value that you can get out of the arts right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're just hoping to expand that awareness.
0: Thank you for sharing that and and bringing people on that journey there. Dejon, can you talk a little bit about um, some more about where this is going in terms of the location and and how people can really lean in and support?
2: Yeah, no definitely. And I'm so excited to be a part of this organization. tyron and I are like diaper buddies, also, you know, fellow first generation Jamaican American here. Um, there and is I was so- <laughs> Massive. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I was so happy to come into the organization a little bit later on. I didn't have to go through as many growing pains um <laughs> in the Kickstarter days, but I did, you know, show up to the shows when I could. Um uh, but have just been so proud and so inspired by Tyrone and the leadership team really working to disrupt the Western Canada storytelling, you know, as it sits today. I think oftentimes, as you see, especially with people of color, we do show up to places, whether it's concerts or a media play or anything like that. But oftentimes in these more traditional white institutions, a lot of our stories are not being showcased. Um, So people don't see themselves in the stage. They don't see themselves in the art. Um, So, I am just so proud of and so honored to be a part of Definition Theatre because we are highlighting more stories, you know, from our Black and Brown communities, from our LGBTQ communities and storytellers and seeing ourselves showcased not just on the stage, behind the scenes and everything uh, (laughs) across the value chain as it takes to create um, a production. And I think one of the beautiful things for us right now as we look to integrate ourselves into um, Woodlawn and I think the Cottage Grove area is that we are truly and intentionally trying to activate, not disrupting the fabric of the community, um, but getting getting into it in a way that's going to be beneficial for the community and for all. And what I'm really excited about, you know, just with the roles that I have inside of Definition, outside of Definition, um, is that we really get to bridge the gap between, I would say, like the business, corporate world, as well as like the creative Mm -hmm. industry, because at the end of the day, we are all connected and all tied through storytelling and the power of storytelling, whether you are selling enterprise SaaS services (laughs) or, you know, showcasing your art through music, through dance, uh, through movement. All of this is still connected through storytelling. And I think oftentimes people just have a disconnect. They're like, oh, you know, I'm not a patron of the arts or I don't go to plays, I don't go ballets. But, you know, it's just so powerful. Like we're all still connected through this. Um, So I'm just really excited about what we're doing as it relates to like our incubation program and supporting south and west side entrepreneurs um, and creating space for them, not only to learn some of these entrepreneurial tactics, but also to have a physical space that they can call their own. Um, to sell their products and services, you know, to our patrons, to our to our audiences, and to really kind of connect those things together. Um, so I think that's going to be huge, you know, in, in the south and west side, you know, Obama's b- building his presidential center down there. You know, we got University of Chicago um, and Definition Theater, and I want Definition Theater to be like the beacon, the focal point of really driving change <laughs> within the area oh, and, and being a meaningful member of the society there. So, yeah. I'm
0: really excited. And this is coming through loud and clear as y'all are talking. (laughs) One of the things that I want to dig a bit more into is sort of this connection point. You talked about joining the team a little bit later on. Tyrone earlier spoke about the importance of building up your team, specifically talking about the board of directors and the different elements there. So as someone who wasn't a part of that initial founding group, what was it about what the organization was doing that drew you to it? And then Tyrone, after he answers, I'd love to hear your perspective on why it was you went after someone like Dijon, right? And being able to to help people connect the dots on on the importance of continuing to evolve and leaning in and building your team. So Dijon, wow. can you help us understand yeah. what about the organization stood out to you and what really triggered for you? Oh, I want to jump mm-hmm. on this team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it was just mainly Tyrone's vision and what he wanted to do and just watching him over like the last six, seven years or so building something truly meaningful and the stories that they were telling, the careers that have just blossomed out of, you know, uh, Tyrone and his team creating space. Um, Even just seeing like Kiki Lane as an instance, you know, doing shows with Definition Theater and now like this (laughs) blockbuster superstar. Um, But for me, when I moved back to Chicago, Um, I was very interested in getting back into the creative space. I've had a career working in corporate finance, accounting, and just the people that you are surrounded by um, can just be very different. And I wanted to find ways to really integrate myself into the Chicago community, you know, joined Soho House, and now later a part of their Global Inclusivity Board, joined the Goodman Theater, which was awesome, and a few other um, things, which were great at a high level of what I wanted to do. Um, in supporting the arts. But then watching what Tyrone was doing, I was like, wait, this is hyper focused. This is um, something that I can benefit from, that my family, my friends, my community can benefit from, um, that's just hitting the heartstrings a little bit more. And I, I would say now, like as an individual, I am always trying to operate out of the intersection of my passion, my purpose, both professionally and personally. So now at Accenture, to be able to Root for Everybody Black in my role as, you know, running our Black Founders Development Program, to be a part of Definition Theater, whose goal and mission is really to support BIPOC individuals. You know, to be a part of Soho House and be able to make that space more inclusive, you know, for Black and Brown folks, not, that, not people that are just members, but suppliers of the organization as well as uh, leaders, You know, just seeing what Tyrone is doing, his mission and his vision for the future and having a physical space um, on the south side that doesn't get to, you know, experience the benefits of like the big theater retail boom. You look at Chicago, I think there's maybe 200 plus theaters on the north side and maybe 30 or so on the south side. Many of places you can drive around. Like five. Like five. Yeah, there's five. Five (laughs) on the south side. And then oh when you think God. about
1: that's why we're excited about ours is because most of them are university connected, so we're, we'll be the yeah. first one literally for the people. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, exactly. I mean, it's natural. But yeah. Natural. Guessing. What Dejan, yeah, John's talking about is that it's the similar things he's saying. We feel the same exact way. So we're a people first organization, and um, what what I think in the theater world we say ensemble. We're ensemble based, which means everyone has equal power, equal say. Like right, I am a leader's leadership, as myself an executive director. but when we go into meetings, it, you your voice is heard. and I think in a lot of other places, corporations especially right, we leave uh, the theater world, you don't feel that. That much, right? You know, you are supporting something that is pushing and moving with or without you. Um, but with us, when you see that your thoughts actually make an effect on the programming, I think that's attractive, right? And so, one, we have an ensemble of about 20, 25 people that, and it's still growing, but you know, so it's like the number, we'll, we'll see. But to say they all feel like, okay, I come to the table. And I'm heard and I have an input on how we're actually affecting. That's just something that we we make sure that we listen. We continue to listen as leaders, but also as an organization. John touched on it beautifully. He was like, we're going in and literally listening to the community and doing what they want, not telling them what they need to be seeing or or telling them the art that's going to change their life. It's like, no, what stories? Because we got stories. Our people got <laughs> stories. That's we don't <laughs> lack in creativity. We right being in this field for now 10 years, it's crazy, I can say, right? Like, we don't. Lack creativity of stories, right? There's theater happening on the CTA, but it's really about translating it and making it something that is theatrical,
0: right? Got it. In in, in that same vein, is being able to tell stories, right? Like we sat here and we, we've heard about the progression of beginning um, to think through how do we solve this problem we're experiencing while we're in college, then the development of actually beginning to execute on uh, performing and doing these works in the community thanks to. Kickstarters and and community dollars from our loved ones, the transition of grants and and being able to now, you know, amazingly being able to make a significant impact in the Chicago area. Right. So it sounds like a beautiful story that Mm. has just evolved in a beautiful way. But I'm sure there's some elements in that story where there are challenges, obstacles, trip ups. Can you highlight one of those stories for us, man?
1: There are many. I mean, space is one. So the most, I think the, the biggest need, like even now in the pandemic, we don't have our home. So we're still renting, right? We're still finding other places to just be able to create. There's a plethora of stories we want to tell, but we got to have space to do it. And, and luckily so. We have years and years of a pipeline of plays and stories and are developing new voices during the pandemic as well, which is dope. Of like, we couldn't put plays on stage, but we could still develop stories, right? Playwrights could still work on their plays while the pandemic was going on. And so yeah, we have, we already in this year have completed three uh, new play workshops, which is, makes no sense. Three is January. <laughs> Three new plays have already gone through workshops with us. Um, and we're looking at and then the next cohort for next year already, which we're, we're taking eight total basically um, and starting to, to, to support. So for us, again, that part of just saying, like, okay, the, I would say the hardest part is space. So we need a space. We have to have space or else we don't exist. And then we are going to be forced to continue to produce on the north side of Chicago. That's not our mission, right? It's not It's not where we are. We want the art to be in our neighborhood, talking about us. We don't want to travel far just to see a show, right? Um, so that would be the number one thing. But I would also say, uh, you know, personally, as as the company began to grow, my personal, uh, my my acting career has definitely gone down, right? I don't have time to do as many auditions and being in many rooms. That would be a very good reason for me to be on stage because right. I know how many more lives I'm impacting when I'm off. Right. So So for you, that was something
0: that you were willing to sacrifice your own personal trajectory as an actor to focus on this. um, The organization that's going to have significant impact on the black community on the south side of Chicago. That's right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. How about for you, Dijon, any uh, particular failures, challenges or obstacles that you feel you've had overcome uh, in your role within Definition Theater?
2: Um, I think the main thing for me or struggle or sacrifice is really around just time commitment as well. Um, I think, you know, at least coming into the organization, I was just trying to be, everywhere I could, you know, um, (laughs) providing my time, sitting on so many different boards (laughs) and just doing too much, literally too much. Um, And I think it took the pandemic of just like trying to slow down and being more intentional about where I was spending my time. I think as I was mentioning earlier, Mm -hmm. getting to that passion purpose intersection, and then reevaluating like, why am I a part of certain organizations and not others? How can I be uh, yeah, just more intentional about where I'm spending my time and I had to do I have to trim some of the fat <laughs> to say the least to say, hey, like definition is a priority for me. You know, obviously my nine to five is still a priority so I can, you know, <laughs> have money to support some of these other organizations. But um, that was a big thing for me, I think, just getting to a point now in 2022 to say, all right, this is my nonprofit involvement period. You know, I'm not going to be on five or six different boards. I'm choosing one or two and definition has definitely been one of those. And it's just been hard to navigate, especially, you know, as the organization is growing, you want to do so much. You have so many ideas. And I'm like, Tyrone, we got to you know, partner with private equity firm. We got to do this, like get an incubation center, you know, just even expanding that. And it's been cool to see how that has grown and how that partnership is going going to continue to thrive and just bringing in those little nippets in. But just me, for, for me specifically, I think getting hyper-focused on what my commitments are and how I can add value, um, saying that I'm not like an aspiring artist anymore. I was a classically trained baritone singer back in the day, but my ministry right now is really around business, innovation, um, and helping organizations really tap into that. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey.
0: And so Legacy Hustlers, as you're listening to what uh, both of these individuals are sharing, right? they're talking about um, effectively taking a step back, looking at what it is that you're, you're diving into. And for Tyrone, it was really about all right, what what do I have to pull back on and what can I apply more uh, pressure on in terms of thinking about his own personal career while he pours into this element that he's really passionate about, that he knows is going to have major impact and, and lasting legacy. And then Dijon just taking us through how do you prioritize, right? Like you Mm. can be really passionate and want to do a lot of things, but you can't do a lot of things well. So how do you begin to select and sift through that prioritize and really focus? So be cognizant of that as you're going through your phases on how you're building, whatever it is you're building and ensure that you're not setting yourself up for burnout, right? Mm. And just be very thoughtful about that. Thank you both for sharing that. Talk a little bit about um, some of the future vision. I know you've dripped on some of that in terms of having established um, building right there in Southside Chicago. But where else does this go? I've I've heard there's been some awards being won as of late and things are looking really good for the things that your organization is creating. Where do you see this going?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we luckily, we also just completed a strategic plan. So, woohoo, we know what we're doing for the the next two years. We have our marching orders. Um, (laughs) But to say, I mean, through theater, activism and education, we're we're really looking to create um, a, a safe haven for people of color to have their art, not only just to tell their story, but then to be a catalyst for social justice, for racial healing and community development specifically since we're going in. Right. And we know we have our people now. Um, since we're not itinerant. And so hearing what their needs are during the pandemic when it hit and we couldn't do plays, we still found ways to support the community as a theater, uh, just not with plays. So we were giving out masks, right? Buying the the KN95s and giving those community members. We were out on the streets. There were a lot of marches going on, right? We're just supporting other organizations to show that we're there. We care about these issues and we're going to do something about it. Um, You know, allyship is very strong. Uh, We also did a host of educational programs. We do a back-to-school backpack giveaway with all the school supplies in there um, with Wadsworth Elementary, which we get the list uh, from the school, the school supplies. And then, you know, I think it was kindergarten through first grade this year. We try to do a range of grades. Uh, We also go back to the same students and then do a holiday gift giveaway. Uh, We brought Black Santa this year, just Santa. They keep telling me, just just Santa, but it's Black Santa for me. Black (laughs) Santa was with us. (laughs) And those kids to see their kids light up, and you know, after the pandemic, the year we've had, and like see some of them run and give Santa a hug. We're like, no, no, social distancing, (laughs) right? Like, but but see, they're they're too excited, right? They're too excited to hold our back. So, you know, things like that. We're also doing a lot of workshops in schools you know, from five to seven weeks, it depends on the engagement, right? Every engagement is different, but mainly we're again, teaching just how to tell your story. How to be aware of who you are, all right? And what your past is, and so that you can see a future plan. And so, like that for us, we was we really being first generation Jamaican American as well. Anti racism was, was in our practice from the beginning when we started. And someone actually told us, take that word out. So now we use anti racism everywhere. Like people actually <laughs> understand what it means when we have meetings with strangers for the first time. You know, when we first began, they were like, what is that? Right now, everyone is at least most people we're coming in contact with has done some work or at least some investigation about where they are in their anti-racist journey. Right. And so that's new in 2022. That's very, very new um, for us. And then to say, you know, we're hoping that right now we're just building the programs that when we get into the space, it proves, oh, my God, not only do we need a building, but we're bursting at the seams. So, right. um, Because there's so much demand for it. That's right. So with the building, we're expanding our education now to talk about the design world. Exactly. Like, all right. Line designer, costume design, all the roles. Right, It is a workforce that we also are building. And the more people we have trained to do it, the more and better it is for definition in the long run, too. Um, And there's a healthy, healthy, healthy system of theaters in Chicago. We want them to be trained with us, go work everywhere else, but they know that home is definition, right? I got my yeah. skills and I, I got access to the arts from definition. So as the what you're then-
0: effectively talking about is creating and building a whole entire ecosystem that's producing jobs, producing right. talent, producing skill sets, enabling people to think entrepreneurially. Like That's right. everything is That's just right. beautiful in what y'all are talking about, really and truly.
1: Taking, taking the dream to reality, you know, what I'm saying a lot of work to get there. But to say truly, if you take some steps, what's the goal? If you take appropriate steps, just a little bit at a time, right? Um, you'll be surprised if it was actually manageable and achievable.
0: Thank you. Appreciate that. We're going to transition now to talking a little bit about tapping your your own personal knowledge, tools, and resources that you both uh, kind of leverage and utilize it. We call it five minute hustle with both of you. It'll probably yeah. be more like eight minute hustle, um, yeah. but it's a call and response. So, what initially held y'all back from becoming entrepreneurs? We'll start with Dijon.
2: Um, I would say for me, uh, it was first a mindset shift because I didn't see many people around me who were entrepreneurs who had access to capital. Um, everyone had ideas, but it was hard to materialize those ideas and move to the next level. I had countless, you know, stories of friends having ideas that I heard maybe five years ago and then seeing another person launch that same idea, (laughs) you know, seven years later. So that was something that for me was like a mindset shift that was holding me back that, Jean, you can do this. There are examples of people like you that have done this. You can... Do it. Just move forward and, you know, remove those uh, mental blocks and barriers um, from not thinking that you could be able to do it. And yeah, it was a lot of uh, crazy learning lessons. Just trial and error. Put yourself out there. Yes, if there's not access to capital to you right now, how can you get it? Because look, at the end of the day, you just got to search for one yes. And when you find that one yes,
0: your whole life can change. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. And, and that's a part of what we're hoping our listeners are getting from the show as well. Right. What you're talking about, the ability to see others who've successfully made it. Right. And both of y'all are beacons of, of that. And so coming on and talking today, hopefully whoever's listening who went through some of those same experiences you just highlighted Dijon, they they able to work through that. Tyrone, how about for you?
1: I oh, man, same thing. I'm over here like oh, like-minded. There we go. <laughs> Literally, I said mental, mental, my like mentally like actually preparing for it. It's possible mentally. The paperwork you think starting something, and again, you're like, oh my god, how much paperwork is that going to be for me at least, right? And yeah. So I'm like mentally knowing that a little bit at a time, make the steps you need right? And and have an evaluation. And I literally said the second was access to capital. It's that same thing of like, you figure, okay, I can start, but how do I keep it going? And so you always need to be telling your story. You always need to be telling someone new about what you're doing, because you never know, even if it's not money, you never know how someone can support what your mission is. And so being able to talk about it and where you are, honestly, that's how you find people can actually say, oh, I can help you in this way. And they're specific about it because you're specific about your dream.
0: Thank you for that. What do you think is the best business advice you've ever received? We'll start with Tyrone this time. Ooh, do
1: your homework. Um, the best advice I received before starting Definition, someone said, make sure there's not somebody else already doing it, which is what Dejan also right, talked about a little bit of like, are you the only one with this? Really? Because sometimes we're not that special. It's okay. And, and the, the <laughs> chances are the person doing it needs more help because you're not seeing them, right? They're not on your radar. And that's that's also uh, for a reason. And so I would say, do your homework. When we started, again, we looked at all of Chicago's landscape and saw a hundred, and some theaters are all on the north side, right? You literally you get downtown, and you go on the other side. There's like five. That's a problem. And so we knew immediately that we were, you know, actually solving a problem that's in the city, and the city needs to do better as well.
0: How about for you, Dijon?
1: Um, For me, it's probably more around
2: the soft skills area of truly tapping into your intangible assets as an individual. Um, a lot of people really focus on, okay, what school did you go to? If you didn't go to a top tier business school or if you didn't have this much in your bank account or you didn't have this certain family pedigree, um, or those sorts of external things sometimes that you can't, uh, truly have control over. But one time an individual really told me about tapping into those intangible assets that you have. Um, whether it's your grit, your work ethic, the energy and optimism that you bring to the table, some of these things that are just so important in running a business as it relates to inspiring individuals to rally around you, developing people to help bring your idea, your business, your service to life. Um, Some of these things are so important because there can be the smartest people in the room (laughs) who can't really bring an idea to fruition because they're not a people developer. They're not inspiring and can like really move people. You know, here's a PowerPoint deck and just inspiring someone to write that check for five mil. That I think that takes <laughs> so much more than some of the external things that we place so much value on as individuals. I think a lot of it happens in the intangible realm of people really, buying into you as an individual you know sometimes it's not really the idea that investors donors or anything that are really tapping into it's not the idea sometimes it's really just you who are you as a person can i trust you can i believe in you and can i believe that you as an individual are going to lead this organization this business um this movement to the next level so really just tapping into your intangibles as an individual
0: and 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 i really enjoy what John just shared, right? And in saying intangibles, another way that, that people kind of talk about what he's highlighted are soft skills, which I actually consider the hardest of, of the skills. That's, right. Right? <laughs> That's how, right. How are you empathizing when you walk into a room? How are you able to convey your thoughts, right? And a big theme you've heard today has been around the storytelling, right? So how are you able to tell your story in a way that doesn't sound so so clinical and sterile, right? Because that's that's going to be really important, right? Being able to have people emotionally connect with your vision and where you're trying to go. When you all think about um, periodicals, maybe business books, magazines, podcasts, etc. What do you all continuously go back to that helps you stay in a certain mind frame in order to achieve and continue pushing forward? Just one, one of those that's important to you. We'll start with Dijon.
2: Ooh, good one. Good one. Um, right now it's really been as of late the last year and a half, like uh, black enterprise. I just love, um, viewing their online publications, just seeing more stories of people like us who look like us, who are just crushing it in the business world, crushing it in the creative world and just doing things, you know, typically people are like, Oh, Forbes, for Entrepreneur <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the mind space that I'm in right now. Um, the Forbes, the uh, crunch bases, tech crunches are great, but I just love getting hyper focused and just seeing black excellence and black people thriving, because those are stories that I can then share with other people to really encourage them to keep pushing and fighting the good fight. So that that's the
0: periodical for me right now. Thank you for that. How about for you, Tyrone?
1: Always looking at cranes, always looking at, you know, Instagram is my, look, my go-to inspiration space, but to say uh, there's something called the American Theater Magazine uh, for our industry in particular, and that's right. They, they try to have a pulse on what's going on in the industry. There's a lot of things going on with pay equity right now, right, and even like how we rehearse and all those things, and so to stay in tune with the industry and how we're learning and growing. Luckily, you know, we're on the other side and usually a leader in that, in those uh, arenas, but Um, What's important is to stay intact with what's going on across the nation, not to get so insular. And remember that, right, the world is bigger than your bubble. So uh, to pay attention to what's going on around you as well so you can learn from that and grow.
0: Thank you for that. Favorite online tool, app, resource, whatever it may be that you leverage for uh, Definition Theater?
1: Yeah, look, I'm going to start with our website, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely that because truly that's how anyone knows what's going on, you know, currently with us. And so many people is like, I don't know, I didn't get the letter. Or I didn't even get the, it's Like, oh, for real, look at the website. It's all there. <laughs> it's all, so that's, what I think, a really important tool. It also just shows who we are, the people, right, the humans, as John said, behind organization, which is more important. Um, and then uh, we have this thing called theaterinchicago.com. It's also a place where uh, you see every show happening in Chicago, where in Chicago, you kind of have your opening night calendar. So you just, you know, again, keeping our pulse on the art making that's happening across the world. Um, And then uh, last but not least, I would say Donor Perfect, which is like a donor tracking based system. That was massive. When we got that and started to pay attention to how often we were talking to people who support us, right? Uh, Thank you goes a long way. And so it made, you know, instead of like wondering, oh yeah, when's the last time we talked, right? You have to start tracking. These It's kind of crazy, but you start tracking these conversations, these relationships, in order just to again be able to acknowledge them at the right times
0: and run the name of that system one more time. Donor, per- perfect.
1: Donor-, donor Perfect,
0: Donor Perfect, thank you.
1: And there's a, there's a million other different types of um, you know tracking devices that you can do, but that's one that we found to be pretty successful and user friendly.
0: Thank you for that, John.
1: Yeah, I would say Donor Perfect. Obviously, from a development standpoint
2: of having you know, I'm. Obviously, working in Accenture, I want systems, ser- platforms, things that we can use. Um, and then just from like an internal team collaboration standpoint, the Google Drive, Google that whole Google Work Suite that we Always. have yes. um, is great. Yes. Our, we have our definition <laughs> yes. server with everything that you need, our capital campaign, our social sure. stuff as we're posting, just to have one consolidated hub for all of us to interact with one another, communicate, I think has just been so beneficial, especially operating in this remote um landscape right now, where not oftentimes we can get in yeah. person. So to be able to have a one-stop shop and I don't have to email or call or text, even though I still do, in bug Tyrone, but I can at least go to our Google
0: suite home and find everything that I need. It's real. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you both for sharing some great resources. As we come to the end of the show, and, and I know y'all are, are bursting to the seams with knowledge, inspiration, and wisdom, yeah. can you just drop one line you want to leave people with? as they come to the end of this episode. We'll start with Dijon and we'll close out with Tyrone.
2: that's a good one. Um, For me, I mean, the simple thing is there's 168 hours in a week. You know, do your best to be a good steward of your time and where you're placing your time and your energy because it's something that's the most valuable commodity that we have uh, today. So just be very intentional and meaningful about where and how you spend your time and with
0: who in this space. Thank you, Tyrone.
1: Yeah, I, I'm giving you look. I'm going. I went to church look for the first time in a minute at Woodlawn uh, last week, and so I, it's something that's still resonating that I totally want to drop because I didn't realize this is why you know most of what I've done has come true. Purpose, knowing your purpose is amazing, right? So figure out your purpose. Having a vision for the impact you're gonna do and like leave on this world is amazing, but nothing happens without action. And so I would say the action part, like what again, what are the steps you are actually taking to write to make your vision, your purpose vibrate and be a tangible, real thing on this world?
0: Thank you both so much for being on the show today. Y'all, you've heard from two amazing leaders of Definition Theater. If you're not familiar, now you are. Uh, check them out on the website. Be sure to support them as well. Both of you. Thank you so much for your time again. Thank you for having us. Appreciate thank you. you. Thank you hey what's up so would be remiss if I didn't take a quick moment to quickly show and share with you the website specifically that taps into some of the plans that they have for Definition Theater that Tyrone and Dijon were talking about. So wanted to quickly share that with you. It's Definition Theater. And when you're spelling out theater, it's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org slash build in it. We'll bring you to this website that does an amazing job of telling the story uh, that you heard in, in during the course of the show, as well as sharing a little bit more information around the community center that they're building out in Woodlawn. And if you are so moved and inspired as you continue learning more about this amazing movement that both Tyrone, Dejan, and the rest of the Definition Theater team have put into motion, click on donate to support as well. All right wanted to also take a moment to just say thank you to Sideline Records for um, their efforts in ensuring that every episode we create and produce and put out there is amazing and you're able to hopefully receive it with the intentions and the energy that we're putting it out there with special thank you to Jonathan Leonard for the opening jingle. And of course, thank you to all of you who tune in, who listen in, and are taking in um, all of this amazing information that we're putting out there. Our hope and aspiration is that um, individuals are learning about amazing organizations and legacy makers that are out there that they've never heard of before, and so are able to support them. But then also doubly, you as a listener tuning in are being motivated and inspired to also take your own personal journey uh, in terms of pursuing your passions and where your heart is telling you to go, especially if it means having some sort of impact on the generations that come before us, after us, or a specific target community based on a need that you're recognizing. Until next time, I'm your host Sheed with Legacy Hustle.